Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Okay, so Tim Dennis, Aaron Williams with the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're here. We're with Nick Purdy of Wild Heaven. It's just casual conversation. We'll probably transcribe this for some uh, notes Maybe. That. We'll think about we'll that. We'll see exactly. how it goes. But Nick, so big announcement from you here recently. So uh, another brewery. Yeah, another brewery. We um, we waited until the Senate in the, here in the state of Georgia voted on uh, SB 85, finally giving us, as the 50th state in the country, the uh, right to do direct sales in our brewery. And we knew we were going to be expanding. And... Um, because of that law, we decided to do it in a second location rather than just expand at our yeah. uh, original location in Avondale Estates, which we'll be keeping. But yes, we announced a, a, a new facility uh, on the West End Beltline Trail here at the Atlanta Beltline that's going to open later in 2018 or 17, and then our brewery would open in 2018. Okay. Now you're in the Lee and White development over there. Yep. For those that don't know, Kind of becoming a little uh, culinary uh, beer destination. Yeah, the, our good so friends far. at Monday Night Brewing will be more or less right next door. Uh, there's a brew pub going in there, and then uh, Do South Pickles, Honeysuckle Gelato, and Southern, Southern Age, Age cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there, there may be a thing with a distillery that I'm not allowed to talk about, but um, okay. there's some there's some cool stuff. Uh, it should be a destination, and unlike yeah. all of the East Side Beltline Trail, there's a huge parking area. It's so like a, it's like is, a, it'll yeah. be like the front door to the west side, uh, west side trail. So we're thrilled. We're going to start with a 15 barrel brew house um, to make beers for that tap room, have a kitchen, make food, and then that brew house will also have the ability to put some distribution out into the market. So we may move one or two of our smaller run beers over there, but also lots and lots of new one-offs, uh, a lot more variety for the market. Avondale, where our 30 barrel brew house is, will keep making uh, the main beers there yeah. and then as soon as we can, probably within about a year after opening, we would be adding a 60 barrel brew house, Okay. move all the main production over to the West End and then our original facility in Avondale Estates would become Sours and Barrels Very nice um, Talk about SB85 so that's, uh, I think most probably anyone that hears this is going to know SB85, like said, mentioned uh, direct sales, yep. uh, also changed the rules a little bit for serving food, some Clarification for boot pubs. One question we had uh, online, Reddit ATL Beer, where we do our forum, was what's the distinction here? Where's the separating line with breweries, brew pubs, as far as food services? Yeah, so um, on the food side, mm-hmm. we can do anything now at a production brewery. We can start a James Beard award-winning restaurant, or we can sell you bags of pretzels that we buy from Costco. Okay. And anything in between. Um, breweries will make their decision on what they want to do in large part on their space considerations because, you know, all the installed breweries in Georgia, very few of them contemplated ever having a commercial kitchen. Mm -hmm. Some of them will have space to retrofit or add that on. Many will be limited in what they can do. Like our Avondale facility, we would have to be very creative there. I was going to say, yeah, you're pretty much full up as it is there. Uh, We're going to come up with some ideas that are going to work. 
The difference between a brew pub and a production brewery in terms of what they can do with food has primarily to do with not food. A brew pub can sell wine and spirits. A brewery cannot. Okay. A brew pub can bring in outside beers. A brewery cannot. So our lineup will be 100% our beer. The advantage, though, that we have is unlike a brew pub, we don't have the 50-50 food alcohol okay. requirement, yeah. which is kind of great. So we can focus on what we mostly do, beer, but we can add a neat you know, interesting food so component. So some definite distinctions between the two. It's Absolutely, not, It's yeah. not like this new law made them, you know, the same, just, yeah. just the same. Yeah, if, you're, if your big group of 20 just wants a place to go out and somebody says, well, let's just go over to the brewery, you know, um, somebody in that group, unless it was intended to be a beer outing, is going to be frustrated that they wouldn't be able to get a gin and tonic or a bourbon or a glass right. of red wine. You go to the Wrecking Bar or to Five Seasons or to, you know, Max Lagers, you're going to have all those full yeah. options. And so a brewery will never really replace... A brew pub, and any brew pub owner would tell you the same thing. We're a restaurant. Yeah. Right. And we're, we will do food. But to go as far as to call us a restaurant, we might be pushing it. Okay. Uh, SB85, mm-hmm. again, we, we know this was kind of it. The crux of your announcement was time as soon as we found out that it passed. Yeah, we literally we waited for the vote, that, and then so. I drove down to Midtown to sign the letter of intent. Um, three hours later, and our press release went out about an hour and a half after that. Awesome. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and our message was to the legislators as much as anything. Um, we wanted them to see very, very clearly a linkage between investment in Georgia mm-hmm. and yeah. these sorts of freedoms that we've been saying for so long aren't even really debatable. Or shouldn't have been. No. This is we're, – we're American manufacturing, which we've heard in the political world. Of course. Um, we kind of need more of. Sure. And so we're like, hey, we're manufacturing. We generate tourism. We pay excise taxes. Also, we're fun. Um, all we're asking is that if you walk in our doors, you can take something home. And you can consume what we've got. We don't want to replace three tier. We don't want to get rid of distributors. I don't want to be in distribution. I don't want. I don't even yeah. want self distribution. Yeah. That's the last thing you want is to deal with the food trucks. Though, right I now, don't. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like I don't want. I don't want. Um, you know, bars that didn't do good ordering that week to call me on Friday right before run I'm supposed to go beer. run yeah. me over some beer, and you risk losing the tap if you can't do it. So yeah. distributors play it now. Not every brewery agrees with what I'm saying. Now this yeah. is a this is a topic where maybe the opinions get a little bit more diverse. Sure, sure. right. Um, personally, because there are some states that do self distribution, and the breweries do load up a cargo van. Yeah, and, and, and maybe they serve like their home so, county, and right. then it gets out after that. So it, there's a lot of issues that get raised there. But we're thrilled that that. The full legislature now understands our business. And three years ago, they didn't even really understand our business. And so now they understand that we are an asset to the state. Uh, we got a chance to spend a few minutes with the lieutenant governor at a reception the day after the bill passed. And he said, hearing, hearing our story made his night. And so that was, a, that was a cool moment. We just wanted to know, hey, what you guys do is not theoretical. It matters. Yeah. Sure. I mean, a lot of people think... You know, we worked a lot through Beer Guys Radio and also through ATL Beer to spread the grassroots yep. uh, and, and, awareness. And, 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 and by the way, so, it wouldn't happen without that kind of work. And you guys should pat yourselves on the back for that. Because while we never brought the money to the political equation that the, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say other side, just that other people brought yeah, to the equation sure. to push a different idea, um, we did bring voters. Yeah. And that was, the, that was the way we were able, I think, you know, to move folks a little bit as they realize it's just a bad look. Yeah. You know, being in the beer community, most people in the beer community are intimately aware of how this stuff works because we take passion in it. But you step out of our small little circle, and a lot of people had no idea these were the way the laws were. You know, you when someone would hear this that wasn't a part 
necessarily of the beer community, they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But no one has ever said, so, oh, well, that's how it ought to be. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you get the guy first out of town. They come in and they want to go to a brewery. I'm like, sure. And they like walk up, say, "Can I buy a pint?" And they're like, "Well, no, you have to do." And they're like, this "No, is the I get a phone call almost every day asking about how they can come get a keg for their party." And it's like, "Yeah, sorry, call yeah. Ale, yeah, still call, can't, call still Greens still on can't. Bonds. No, that's, right. that that's right. So, but yeah. we're getting there. So I mean, that's always yeah, good. Sure. So now again, going back to the West Side and going back to your new facility that you've got there. Um, what are some of the plans that you want to do? What are some of the things that, that this will allow you to do that you haven't been able to yeah, do? Yeah, so like for example, right now, um, you know, we're working pretty hard on, on our first double IPA release. It'll be probably in May, uh, early June, let's say. Um, and it would be much more fun if we could put out a new one every few weeks mm-hmm. and let people come and try it out. I mean, I think what makes a tap room really fun is to get things in the tap room that you don't necessarily find at your local store. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about Eric, my partner Eric Johnson, who you guys have had on. You guys know he's like crazy genius, um, unbelievably creative, and I want to take all restraints off of him and say, well, you go nuts, man. Anything yeah. you can think of, try it. Make some of it. We'll put it in the tap room. If we have to pour out ten kegs of beer because you screwed up, I want the other nine batches of interesting stuff that you do because you made that crazy experiment. Yeah. The fact is, is that I haven't really tasted many things from him. I didn't want to drink a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one thing. Um, I'd like us to see us develop a few beers that are daily beers that aren't ones meant for distribution. So these would be tap room regular beers. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, I don't see us ever distributing a Kolsch, for example. Okay. Just to throw one style out. Sure. Um, there's a good local brewery, Eventide, that makes a Kolsch a lot of people drink. And so, you know, it's not a big style. But maybe we like to co- try a Kolsch. But maybe it would be something fun to put on in a tasting room. And I'm not saying we will. No. But just as an example, like, we don't make a dry Irish stout. I doubt we would ever distribute a dry Irish yeah. stout. But a lot of people love that style. They've had Guinness for years. Yeah. Maybe our West End location has a stout on the menu all the time mm-hmm. that you can only ever get there. That's a good reason to come out. Yeah. And that's something you can do with the seasons or with the holidays. You know, do a dry Irish stout around St. Patrick's Day yeah. or what have you. Know, so yeah. something that may not be feasible under the current laws. I you're going to have old your, laws, but they're still current. You're going to have now, your mix so. of tourists and regulars. Yeah. yeah. So your regulars, um, maybe they don't even care. But maybe they do. Maybe they just want a little bit of variety. Your tourists, they probably picked you out of a list of a lot of breweries to come to that day. Mm-hmm. So you should give them a good reason to do so. You know? Yeah. And that's the, that's one way to do it. And again, it kind of unleashes, like you said, your brewmaster's creativity. You can do a smash and do just a bunch of different hops and throw that in there and see what happens. And just kind of, as opposed to, you know, cranking out your core beers, yeah. three shifts like you guys have had to do with your, at your current facility. Right, you know? right. That's it. Is there? You mentioned earlier that if SB eighty five had not passed, you were still looking to expand there in Avon. Yeah, probably what we would have done is just figured out a way to add add some capacity. There's a way we could build an additional building there, or at minimum put a bunch of tanks outside. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and that would have made sense. And and, and it's not impossible that we might still do that. Although because we're going to try to shift that facility to barrels and sours, I doubt we really need to. Um, but yeah. This opportunity, plus, I mean, look, we've all lived here in Atlanta and see the unbelievable magic that the Beltline is. Oh, yeah. The opportunity to be on the, you know, Beltline frontage, um, even if, I, I expect a West End Trail, to or West Side Trail to be a third to 45% of the traffic of the East Side Trail. I don't, I'm not, I don't have any illusions of Pont City Market and, you know, right. where Mitch Steele's brewery is going to be across the street yeah. there. Like, I don't have any illusions that it's going to be anything like that. But you know what? The, the rental rate over there is really good, mm-hmm. and 
and it would be a decent rental rate without the Beltline. Yeah. So you add the two together, and then the yeah. community that's being built, um, it, it's, it was just an absolute no-brainer. We well, feel really, really lucky to have the opportunity to do this. Well, that's something we've talked about a few times, is breweries will go into an area. A brewery doesn't necessarily look for a high-traffic area and go in there and say, this is where we want to be. Some do. But a lot of breweries go into an area and cheap, make themselves cheap footage. go into <laughs> yeah. cheap real estate. Yeah, and, really, yeah. yep. you know, let, even back in the day, Sweetwater, where their location is, you know, they, they went in there and they turned that into something. And that's kind of and frankly, where even to this day, that. The, I mean, that road is only known because they're on it. That's right. It's a weird yeah. back of the railroad track loop road that you would never, you don't go down that road for anything right. other than to go to something on that road. I always, think I'm, getting, I always think I'm getting lost whenever I go to Sweetwater. I'm like, Am I, yeah. did I pass it? I'm like, oh, no, there it is. Because it's always You almost can't miss road. it, which yeah. is beautiful for them. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, even Sweetwater, is, they're on no thoroughfare. Right. Yeah. They're not. I mean, I remember the first time we went to, um, uh, what's the one in downtown Denver? Um, not Road. True or, uh, um, um, we were there. Um, downtown? Not does it? Is it uh, not rogue? That's Oregon. Great Divide. Great Divide. Or, yeah, yeah. Rogue and Great Divide. Road. I can never yeah. separate in my head for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Great Divide is so rare. Like yeah. they're a well-known national brewery, yeah. but they actually are right in the middle of downtown, and it's it's incredible. And when I was there for the first time, I was thinking to myself, I don't think I've ever been to a non-brew pub this close to the center of a decent-sized city. Yeah. You know? you know, we heard a story about that area off off the direct topic, but that area I think is called Rhino, River North, or whatever where Great Divide is, and there was a brewery called, like, Rhino Brewing or something along those lines. They actually got priced out of the neighborhood. They started it, but it moved up to where it did become you know, the more expensive. They were one that went in there and said, hey, we'll go into this. There's nothing else here right now. But then got priced out of the neighborhood as it started becoming more popular. Yeah, that's totally believable. And, you know, we're all taking a chance on the West Side Trail. I mean, there's nothing over there right now. No. There's nothing. Especially you, now with these six dozen socks for nine ninety nine. Yeah, the socks are out of business, man. Exactly. No, but, I mean, for, for anyone listening, like, I am sure that almost none of you have ever been within a mile of this facility. You I, might have been two miles from it when you were on the edge of downtown over where right. the new stadium is in the dome. I, I have never been to that area until Monday night invited us to their, yeah, to their facility. I never went over I've there. Never been there. No. And, and, and nobody you know has either. Yeah. Um, and so while it all looks super logical now because you hear all this this neat list of companies coming together, it's still risky. Sure. Yeah. It's bleeding edge. Um, we're all betting together that our combination of interesting businesses on this extremely unique piece of property that that we believe will literally have a switch flipped mm-hmm. almost yeah. overnight and there'll be just like this yeah. group of people I mean I remember hearing that Joel Iverson from Monday night um, when he went to his first neighborhood planning unit meeting over there to kind of start you have to do a lot of process to get the of neighborhoods course, yes. behind you I mean he, he shared their vision I think he got a standing ovation which that's that's great to hear. Yeah, like we're going into a neighborhood where we're not from there, yeah. but we hope to add something great. And the developer there, I remember a couple of years ago when the Lee and White development came to be, for lack of a better term, he said these locations would be good for a brewery. I mean, the developer wanted to develop that into a destination type area. Yeah. So it's, you know, they, and they had a good vision, and he's putting his money where his mouth is. I mean. He's doing deal. He has done deals. I can only speak to our deal. Sure. All I can tell you is he made it uh, very difficult to say no. And we were we, you know, we remained in conversations with other facilities and properties and developments up until the day we signed our letter of intent. And, and 
you know, there are, there are other really cool things happening in Atlanta. I mean, we looked yep. at Assembly over there where the old GM plan is, and they really would love an Anchor Brewery in there. Sure. Yeah. And that's a much higher traffic part of town. Um, but something about the Lee and White development, just it just felt like us. Mm-hmm. Just the building, we walk around it, and like it's old and janky, but we have a, we have a very clear vision of every part of the, every square inch of the building. We know what we're going to do. Yeah, and it just we just felt very very comfortable there. If I when I saw one of the pictures, it was Eric talking about the space. And if I recognize it correct, I know you go down kind of a long open area, and there's like a ramp up, and that's where Monday night is. So. You guys are going to be in pretty close proximity to each other. Oh, there, like right? their front door and our front door, like they're not 200 feet apart. But. Yeah. And so in fact, there'll be a path that comes off the belt line and kind of arrives at sort of the middle point between our two front doors. Okay. So you will you will have this choice to make: Do I go right left. to Monday night or left to Wild Heaven? Yeah. You guys should make it like uh, like the aquarium in Chattanooga. They kind of have a walkthrough trail that takes you through the whole thing. Yeah. That's what you guys should do: just do a trail that takes you through one brewery, loops you around. There you go. Or just take a red pill or the blue pill. Which one That's you want to go it. It's gonna. I mean, I can't wait to spend afternoons there. We've already been there in the afternoon when the sun's going down oh, over yeah. the belt line. It's actually beautiful, and there's a little water feature, and obviously there's a lot of trees and plantings that they're doing. And like, we have a vision for a really large patio deck area with underneath the trees. So you have the sun coming through the trees. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Um, an outdoor bar. You don't even have to go all the way inside the facility to get your next yeah. beer or whatever. And it's like, I just cannot wait for that moment of sitting out on that deck and, or on that patio. And it really speaks to the transformation of Atlanta. I've lived here, we both lived here for about 16, 17 years now. Um, you know, we're sort of, we're such a, a, a bedroom community. And to have something in town to kind of create that sense of community, you know, it's the belt line, but you've also got these little areas of communities where you can go. You can go after work and just kind of chill out for a little while. You don't have to get in your car and drive to you know, wherever to do yeah. that, you know, it's something where you can be part of that community. Yeah. And that's something I think Atlanta's lacked for a while. And on this one, and the Lee and White development is so cool because you can come at it two ways. Like I said, there's this huge parking lot. So mm-hmm. if, if walking there isn't right for you, you can just, you can drive, park. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to be looking around for 20 minutes for a parking space. Or if you're on the Beltline and you are a mile up the road, but you just went out jogging, you're like, I think I will have a beer before I go home. There you go, yes. God bless yeah. you. Come on in. We've got you. Or plan your jog around the brewery. Yeah. Run in there, yeah. get your beer, run it off on your yeah. way back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so you can come at it from either walk. side. Exactly. It's yeah. great. And we're not far from a martyr spot. And then, um, now it's a few years out. But the light, or the, the, I'm not, I guess it's, uh, I think it's a light rail. That's it's a light, light rail, light yeah. rail yeah. that's going to go, it's actually going to go along the, it's going to pass right in front of us. Yeah. And there'll be a new Marta stop. I mean, so, you know, let, let's have this conversation again in 10 years. And it, I, I imagine we're going to be minds blown at, mm-hmm. at what's it's, over it's there. It's fun to see what develops there. So, yeah. So speaking of your beers, I am. A, we're here at the Border Beer Bar, by the way. So. The, the which which beer bar? Border. The Border Beer Bar. I didn't say Border. I <laughs> okay, I thought border. you did. I'm sorry. It I was sounded call you on like that Border. One. That's right. Maybe it did. So I may have had a couple beers before this. So. It's okay. We're here at the Border Beer Bar, and I'm sipping uh, Wild Heaven's Emergency Drinking Beer, EDB. EDB, the so beloved this is EDB, the, the beer. So El Sharpton shared something with us a couple weeks ago that uh, you shared with him. And we were just talking about that. You said maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Well, we're doing a watermelon. Watermelon. Eating. Watermelon emergency drinking beer is definitely coming out in draft. Okay. So, um, in fact, we've already made the, the first batch of it. And it's shipping next week, and it is incredible. And what's unique about our watermelon beer is it's made with watermelons we cut and hand-juiced. Um, 
that takes a long time. See, that's the low man yeah. on the totem pole's job, right? Uh, uh, it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a team effort. We actually, yeah. for this batch, had to juice more than a pallet of watermelons. Wow. And um, Eric, my partner, he's... I love it. He's, he's, if you don't know this, there's actually a thing called super tasters. Um, I do. You ever yeah. heard this term? Yeah. Um, the, they Might Be Giants has a song about super tasters. But um, Eric actually is one. It's where basically taste is amplified in your mouth. And so when you and I drink a beer, maybe can come up with four or five little notes of flavors we're picking up. He'll get like 15. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, and he worked through every different way you can get watermelon flavor into a beer from the extracts to the purees to all the different things, and none of them met the standard of what he was looking for. And frankly, none of us were happy enough with it. But we had done by hand, you know, hand-juicing watermelons before for a few kegs just for the tap room. Really loved it. Had great reaction. What, uh, emergency drinking beer has a, a slight salt note to it. Yeah. So that plays very well with the idea of watermelon anyway because sure. people put salt on their watermelon. Of course, yeah. And it's basically a pills. Um, and so we're like, well, clearly we can't juice enough watermelons to put this into production. So we have to find some other workaround. And we decided that, nope, we're actually going to just have to have watermelon juicing days. Oof. And so we've had one, and, and the beer's just, it's so cool. It's so cool when you taste it. You're like, you just know it's real. It's not too sweet. And that's the problem. Most every extract out there... It's like a Jolly Rancher type the of thing. You know, Jolly you Rancher yeah. right off. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And we just like, you'll just, it's really cool. It's its its prominent enough that, oh, you're like, you know you're drinking a watermelon, watermelon beer, beer. But it, there's no overwhelming sweetness to it. And it's, a, it's just so cool. So on the canning side, yes, we're trying to can watermelon the EDB. Um, it's a very difficult process to keep that shelf stable. You basically have to pasteurize watermelon juice. And when you do that, it tastes like squash. Changes the flavor. Gotcha. So there are a potential couple of um, more or less chemical workarounds. And Eric is testing a couple of those to to ensure that he could basically do something to the juice itself that would make it stable but not ruin the flavor. Gotcha. And because the juice is a small percentage of the whole beer, if you didn't do that to the whole batch of beer but only the juice, maybe the impact of that process wouldn't overly impact the beer. So he's working through some tests right now. Science. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed on that. But, you know, we can only do it if we can do it. But we're going to try. I'm looking forward to trying that. Me too. Absolutely. Nick, anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, Well, people should keep an eye out for our series of barrel-aged fruited sours. It's about to hit the market in the next couple weeks. We did a little preview last fall with Emmy Lou, our Mm -hmm. our golden sour. And so all of our barrel-aged fruited sours are kind of minimum of a year old, all aged in Bordeaux, soured in the barrel with Lecto and Brett. Um, each barrel gets one fruit added to it. So Eric takes each barrel and it's its own ingredient. So we're blending. So like Emmy Lou was a kumquats, Dianjou pears, cantaloupe, uh, not star fruit. Shoot, some other one. I can only I forget. The thir- I was going to try it's and five act like of I knew them. what I was talking about. Cause I, but the three that I knew off the top of my head were the three that you mentioned. Pears, already, cantaloupe. So. Oh, it's like five different golden fruits. Amazing mm-hmm. beer. Um, and then the next one after that, and a couple kegs of Joni have leaked out. That's the cherry. Uh-huh. After that comes Mavis, uh, which I'll be pouring the first version of this weekend at the Burley Beer Festival in Asheville. That one's more of the dark berries, like cranberry, blueberry, okay. uh, blackberry, raspberry. And then behind that is Lucinda, which is the herbs and spices. So you can get a lot of mint, rosemary, thyme, that sort of thing. And then later this year is our collaboration with Cigar City, which is the most complex thing we have ever done. It is three different batches of beer 
with three different yeasts that go into two different kinds of barrels with different um, souring yeast there and then two different fruits, scuppernongs and muscadines and that beer give us a minute when we came down and talked with Eric and Wayne that was the day they were oh that's right, you came on that that, day so that was when's it going to be ready they're like we have no idea idea. when it's ready it's ready (laughs) no idea so anyway the, the barrel aging program now is really focused around the sours we had done three beers called Funkin' Roush, Dionysus, and Height of Civilization for two years in a row. Not doing those this year because we're really focused on these these fruited sours. Okay. All right. So no Dionysus. No Dionysus this year. Okay. All right. Nope. Might be able to get some Height of Civilization done, but that requires bringing in an entirely new batch of fresh, wet tequila barrels. Yeah. And I don't have any place to put them. Mm. Slight problem. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. We'll just need to get that new brewery built then. Yeah, that's right. To be all set to go. But in, yeah. but in early April, people can look for uh, Emmy Lou on the shelves. We actually have like 150 cases of 12 we're going to be able to ship. Okay. It's a bigger batch than we'll usually be making, but on that beer, people will actually be able to get their hands on it. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Excellent. Great. Thanks, well, thanks so much Absolutely. for joining us, man. We thanks really for having us on. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink. Clink. There we go. Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're on demand via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always online at BeerGuysRadio.com. Aaron and Tim are back next week with more about the amazing world of craft beer. Cheers. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com. Duke's Mayo. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang.